talk a little bit about the importance of rest and relaxation within mysticism. Now, this is going to be one of those things that a lot of people are going to have their own opinions on, their own ideas, and that's fine. You know, I know a lot of people out there are going to say mysticism has got to be the most relaxing thing you can do. I mean, what's more relaxing than using most of the uh, spiritual energy in your body to accomplish something? Well, the thing is, it can be a relaxing endeavor, but it can also be one that taxes the physical body as well as the spiritual body. And the very first topic that needs to come up within this is burnout. Now, what is burnout? Well, burnout is what it sounds like. You know, we've all had like test burnout or study burnout in school. It's really the basically the same thing. What's happened is the energy reserves have in some way been either dissipated or blocked off. And there's a couple paradigms, a couple uh, examples that can be used, a couple comparisons, I guess would be the right word, uh, for this. And one of those comparisons, one of those examples, is what I call the, the pathway paradigm. And what you got to do is you got to think of energy moving through your body as if it was moving on a set of roads. Now, the truth of the matter is that it's probably a bit more complex and probably a bit simpler than that. But roads make a really good example for this. And if you're running a large amount of cargo from one point to another on a road, it starts to get worn down. And if you think of your body as being encompassed by millions and millions of tiny workers, like the cells in your body, there's a limit to how much they can accomplish at any one time. And if all they're doing is moving things from point A to point B, this being your energy, then uh, they're going to be worn down, worn down and worn out. More importantly, the road structures can be worn down and worn out, and you don't really have a road crew to work on it. Now, any of us who've been in the working world know there's only so much you can do in an eight-hour day, and this is what this is boiling down to. You've only got so much that you can do with that energy, so much that you can accomplish, and uh, if you uh, try to play the big boss and say, all right, now guys, you're going to do what I say, and I'm going to push past the limit because I can, and you're just going to deal with it. Well, then you're going to get what most people get in most working environments when they do that. You're going to get a bunch of people going, yeah, whatever, boss. And that's what you've really got in burnout. And another, another paradigm, and this is actually closer to the truth of the matter, is the muscle paradigm. And what that is, is when you use energy, what you're doing is you're flexing the energy to recruit other energy outside of yourself, to recruit energy already within you. When you do any kind of energy work, any kind of mysticism, you're recruiting energy through the energy you already have. So with that, you have to, much like you would in any physical activity, also schedule in time for rest and rebuild. Anyone will tell you that when lifting weights, when practicing martial arts, when running, skiing, anything you do, there has to be a rest period, there has to be some downtime during that. And if there is no downtime, then there will be no rebuild. There will be no uh, strengthening. They'll just be wearing down until the muscles refuse to function. There will just be a wearing down until nothing uh, works quite the way it should. And a lot, another way of looking at this also, and this is, again, uh, I would say if you link this one up with the uh, muscle paradigm, it 
almost makes a complete picture is what I call the fuel paradigm and this is if you think of the spiritual energy is like the fuel in a car you can only run for so long on that fuel before you've got a refuel and uh, you can run on vapors you can run on vapors and uh, if you really need to uh, you can get out and push but uh, let's face it who wants to get out and push their car everywhere well I certainly don't so when you look at the energy work that you're doing any energy work whether it's healing whether it's spellcraft whether it's prayer there's a limit to how much of this you can do at any one point. And when you reach that limit, then you need to do something about having reached that limit. You need to need to take a little bit of time off and a little bit of time to kick back and relax. You need to set some time aside to repair the damage or undo the damage that you've already caused. We're going to look at uh, some methods of rest and relaxation that you can partake in. The very first one is basic relaxation. You know, let go of the world around you. Um, I want to say have kind of a lazy day. And you can schedule a couple of these into your week, and you really should schedule at least one into every week. And these days are there so that you can just kind of let go of the world. You don't have to have anything really planned. You don't have anything that uh, really requires you to do much. But within that, you should also have some other things included within the basic relaxation I guess that would bring us up very quickly to nourishment now the basic nourishment is pretty simple and pretty obvious and I'm willing to debate with anyone whether or not you should include meat within the diet uh, for the vegetarians out there you're welcome to be vegetarians I'm not gonna try to uh, change you to the meat side uh, which is where I fall onto but I would say a proper diet high protein um, decent number of calories on a, on a rest day, even for uh, just a pure mystic, even if you're not including the major physical activities that I do through my weeks, uh, you should still uh, look into upping your calories just a little bit on your rest day to make up for whatever it is you're losing. Now, obviously, that's only if you're already within balance. If you're taking in a 1,500-calorie uh, diet, you know, or 15,000-calorie diet, I mean, you're there eating enough for five fully grown men who are going to march into a war zone you know you're there eating more than the than your favorite football team you're there eating more than half your state well then uh you probably don't need up up your calories any you're probably doing just fine you know um if you're fitting through the door but with that in mind also if your diet's proper and you're not overeating to begin with uh taking in a little more can be a good part of this and i want to bring up hot tea you know, a good cup of hot tea, there is nothing, I mean, there is nothing better than a nice cup of hot tea. You know, just, mm. you know that's the kind of thing that helps with this relaxation. And tea, I bring up tea because tea being an herb, there's a certain something in the energy of herbs. And maybe it's when you make a tea out of an herb, maybe it's the heat that's transferred into it. There are certain herbs that have certain properties um, I'm going to honestly say I, I prefer Earl Grey if I've got a cuisine tea. But, you know, that rich, nourishing flavor that goes with it, that does something for the body. That does something for the energy reserves, the mystical energy reserves within the body. And the mystical energy reserves are the same energy reserves as the physical energy reserves, but they're tapped in a slightly different way. To use up all of your mystical energy reserves and, say, uh, burn calories from that, you would have to be doing 
major acts of energy work, you know, changing the weather patterns constantly, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead. I mean, you would have to do an awful lot to be losing weight through this. So when I say increasing your calories a little bit for this, I'm talking, you know, adding a small candy bar or something to it for the day. Um, you know, balance things out. Don't do stupid shit, people. The next thing I'm going to bring up within this, within the, within all of this, is a little bit of light exercise on these rest days. And I don't mean a whole lot of hard exercise. And if, you're, if you have injuries or you have problems with your body, obviously I'm not suggesting you go out and do anything to make yourself hurt worse. But what I am saying is that, you know, a little walk around around the house, around the track, whatever you've got, you know, a little light gardening, a little walk downtown, whatever it is you can do, just to get the blood pumping a little bit, just to get, you know, the energy moving. If you can't do that, uh, get a stationary cycle or something, just a little bit of really light cardio. Even if it's something that looks silly or stupid, like just flapping your arms, whatever it is that you can get the blood pumping a little bit will help with this. And this is a rest day. You don't want to overdo it on one of these. This is not the day for heavy lifting. Ah, the next part is medi meditation. Meditation is an old favorite tool of mine. It's a tool that I don't make enough use of, and that I make too much use of at times, because there are times when I enter a meditative state in day-to-day -day conversation. There are times when I enter a meditative state just out of nowhere. That's really one of those things, that I guess that's kind of why people look at me and say, uh, hey, Chuck, are you all wandering off on us? I'm like, no, I'm just very relaxed. Meditation is the ultimate state of relaxation for most people. And the meditation that I suggest is not any meditation because there are good meditations for this and there are bad meditations. But the main thing with any meditation is it should be an energy building meditation. Qigong, deep breathing meditations, you know, you know, in through the nose and out through the mouth, you know, your good old Miyagi meditation. Uh, just don't, you know, sand your floor while you're doing it. But a, a nice, good, deep, meditative breathing set, or even if you're not able to do the deep breathing, I know a lot of people have sinus issues where they can't do the deep breathing, focus on your breathing, keep your breathing normal, and just kind of get into the energy flow. By focusing on the air, you will kind of charge it. Um, entertainment is really the last of the rest portion of this, and entertainment is taking some time out of your schedule to be entertained. Read a book, watch a movie, play a video game. Do something to get your mind off of the troubles and cares of the world. If you're using mysticism for things, if you're using magics and prayer, if you're using meditative focuses, if you're doing all of those things that mysticism is, if you're altering the world around you, that's stressful. That's like picking up a mountain and carrying it on your shoulders. You need to take some time and put the, put the boulders down. You don't need to carry that mountain all the time. Um, and if there's someone out there who's literally carrying a mountain, you know, walking down the street carrying a full-size mountain, send pictures to the Knights of Awakening. And uh, we will check to see how you photoshopped them. Now, on to the wrong kinds of rest. Okay? There are wrong kinds of rest. And uh, lethargy is the first of the wrong kinds of rest. And you see it kind of matches up there with relaxation. I do believe Charles may have done that on purpose. Yes, 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 I believe he did. I believe he did. Ah, lethargy. You're just laying about doing absolutely nothing for long periods. I mean, you just, we can't, you can't get the person out of bed. If you can't get out of bed, then, uh, well, I mean, if you can't get out of bed because you're sick or ill, 
then don't. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But if you're fully functional and you're just lazing about, and I don't feel like doing that's not rest. That's uh, laziness. That's why in the above, I mentioned things like nourishment, physical exercise, meditation, and entertainment. You know, if throughout your day you have nothing else to do except entertain yourself, meditate, and relax, and do a little bit of light physical exercise for that one day that you've taken to plan for this, this then uh, you've got a pretty full schedule, and for the little bit of time that you're being lethargic, it is part of the rest cycle within the rest cycle. It's when that entire day becomes sit there and do nothing. You just sit there and just... Yeah, that's that's completely, completely worthless. And while I'm on it, this isn't even on the main list, but it did occur to me uh, that a lot of people call this vegging out, and a lot of people like to use drugs to veg out. I'm going to be the first person to tell you that's bullshit. It's not a good way of rebuilding your energy reserves. It's, in fact, a good way of depleting your energy reserves. It's a really good way of making you think you're more powerful than you already are. And uh, if you don't believe me, then ask yourself why you're listening to this program right now. If this has been the answer for you in the past, you know, if you're listening to this, you're obviously not where you want to be. Uh, maybe your answer is wrong. All right, another bad one. Another, this one's actually is on the list, and it uh, coincides with nourishment, and it's gorging. Okay, there's a difference between taking it a little bit more to replace what was used and just eating. Eating to eat. Eating just for the sake of filling your face. Eating till you're so full. I mean, the Roman times have come and gone. The vomitorium is no longer the end thing. You don't need to be eating to the point that you're sick. Eating to the point you're sick does nothing for your energy reserves. It does nothing for your physical energy does nothing for your spiritual energy and it does nothing for your mental state except make you feel bad you know eat with some restraint eat some of the right types of foods if you find that you get a better energy boost out of a good steak and a salad then have a steak and a salad heck have one for each meal on that day you know live a little in that respect but you know don't sit there and eat four pounds of chocolate don't sit there and eat the equivalent of a bag of sugar think your way through this a little bit of, a little bit of cheating on a rest day is fine a lot of cheating is on uh, basically defeating everything else you've done you know all of those foods which are considered bad for you to a degree and I say to a degree because there nothing no, nothing is really bad for you completely it's just a degree of bad at that point well I shouldn't say that you know there are toxins and things out there but my point is that you know, with these foods, a little bit is fine, but when you're gorging and just overeating things that are just horrendous for you, you're uh, going to get the results that you put in. That's not resting, that's, that's self-sabotage. And then the next one on the list of the wrong kinds of rest, overexertion. I said get a little bit of exercise in, and if you're one of those people who really needs a good hard exercise to feel better for the week think about how I'm explaining this to you this is for the person who's already exercising throughout the week this is for the person who's already doing some physical activities if you only get three days out of the week to exercise and you need to make your push day your rest day you know your physical push day your spiritual rest day that's one thing 
But if you're already pushing, you know, you're already lifting the weights and running the track and, you know, you're doing your martial arts and then you're doing your jumping and you're doing jumping jacks and you're doing acrobatics and you're doing every every blasted exercise known to man. You're there running so wild and then on your rest day you decide, I'm really going to push it. Well, what you're really going to do is break down. You're going to go pole vaulting through the air for your exercise because that's the exercise you'll choose if you have a workout plan like this you're gonna go flying through the air and probably land the wrong way and then you're gonna call us up and tell us that we told you to do something stupid so what I'm telling you is that exercising to a degree is helpful but you don't want to exercise to a dangerous degree especially not on your rest day you don't want to do a physical burnout on your spiritual energy rest day physical burnout on your spiritual energy rest day is not helpful instead you want your your high energy days spiritually to coincide with your high energy days physically and when you do a rest you want to do a full rest you want to rest the body the mind and the soul you don't want to blow your body out on your rest day if you cannot get away from the gym you know if you are just that stuck there that you've got to make your rest day your explosion day then um seek help give us a call i'll explain it to you i'll I'll tell you why you're having troubles with whatever workouts you're having troubles with because i'm sure you are um focused meditations now this is this is uh this is coinciding with meditations you know the wrong kind of meditation is the focused meditation the meditation where you try to alter the world meditations where you try to practice telekinesis meditations where you try to alter something in yourself or the world around you other than just recharging energy meditations which have a focused goal outside of recharging are bad they're going to use up energy it's not that they're bad all the time that's like saying the burnout exercise is bad all the time no there's a time for things like this but your rest day is not one of them if on your rest day you are so power hungry you want to change the world so much i want to be the the great and powerful that you must exert your energy that you should be using for rest and recuperation to dominate the world around you then uh you need some mental help and we can recommend good psychologists if necessary in your area um and the last of the the wrong kinds of rest that we're going to look at i'd say is partying and that matches up with entertainment. Entertainment's one thing, but partying to the point of disaster. I don't mean going to a party. I mean, you know, you're, yeah, man, you know, rocking out. And you're there, you're there just getting sloshed. And again, this coincides with the, the don't use the drugs message. And what I mean by that is even getting hammered with alcohol is not going to help you re-energize. It's just going to make you have a hangover the next day. You know, going and hanging out with friends can be a re-energizing thing. Going and getting hammered. Going out and dancing the night away. This isn't going to recharge you. This isn't going to make you feel any better or stronger. This is going to make you feel weaker. With all of that in mind, energy work is like building muscles. I mean, I got I to gotta say, I've been doing a lot of workouts lately. And the, the methods used for working out are really the same methods used for building energy. You push to a certain maximum, then you ease off. You rest, and then you push again, and you repeat that. And there is a time for push, and there's a time for rest. And there's, there's a time for both, even in any, any basic energy work. If you are working to generate 
a spell. You're weaving energy with your mind. You're reeking into the fabric of the cosmos to grab a hold of everything within the universe. When you're doing that, you have to ease off of it a little bit too. There are times when you gotta really grab hold and crush. And there are times you gotta let go and flow. And there are times when you just gotta take your hands off and just kinda re-energize and rest. And that's even in a basic spell cycle. When you're, when you're working with energy and you no longer use the ritual, when you've taken off the training wheels and the training wands, when you've, when you've discarded all of those tools, and you're now just a raw energy worker. When you start to do that, you have to learn to let up and ease off a little bit. Most of those rituals have rest periods built into them. The use of any focused object has in its own sense a bit of rest built into it. But when you're just working with energy, a lot of times people go overboard and they get the burnout. They get to the point where they're like, oh, brains. They start commenting on, they're, they're like zombies. Then they start commenting on the la on what we lack in uh, politics. They start commenting on uh, what we lack in in uh, military strategy. Recently, uh, they start commenting on all the uh, problems in our society. What what do we lack most? Brains. So you know, don't zombify yourself while you're doing the energy work. Don't push so hard you burn out, and then your body forces you to rest. Within this, there's also the question of building better, stronger, more efficient energy reserves and pathways. And what this is about is this is taking more time to focus on feeling that energy in you, clearing out blockages, just kind of close your eyes and you got to let go sometimes. And when you're doing your deep breathing, feel the energy. When you feel a blockage there, have the energy kind of circulate around it to get it moving. Have it kind of pull it and push it and tweak it and twist it. And finally, once it gets in, boop, there, flows out perfect again. You got to take time to do that. And the reason you do that is it builds a more efficient energy reserve. But you've also got to strain the energy sometimes and then repair those pathways. Take that energy and reweave it. You know, picture it weaving around the tunnels of energy through your body, rebuilding the essence of who you are. We should also then talk about recharging exercises. There are some things you can do, some basic things, to uh, kind of help with this. And, you know, they're there to re-energize. They're there to rebuild the essence of the energy that you've lost. And there are some good ones, and I think I'll even cover the bad one first. The real big bad one is energy vampirism. You know, where you go over to someone and you just try to pull the energy out of them. Can it be done? Yeah. Is it a good idea? Not really. It uses up almost as much energy as it gains. Uh, some people who have a natural talent for it will find that it uses up less energy than it gains. And therefore is efficient. But at the same time, you also gain whatever clogs and problems were in that person's energy. It's kind of why I reason uh, drinking blood went out of style. I mean, look at all the venereal diseases out there. You really want to take the risk. Well, energy work ain't that much different, okay? You don't know what that person's been doing with their energy. For all you know, they've been using their energy to bang the town energy slut, and therefore they got every energy STD out there. You're going you're gonna to wind up with all the, with all the, the bad energy blood, as it were. The vampirism is bad in that respect, but it also has the weakness that you become reliant on it alone. 
And I don't know what it is about it that causes people to go down that path. But once they start down in that direction, it's like that's all they can do. It's like, oh no, I can't re I cannot pull energy from the air and restore myself. I've got to drain it from that person over there. So, so you're telling me that you have an easier time tapping into something that has built-in physical, spiritual, and mental shielding than the air, which is freely going it up? Wow, I'm impressed. You know, because I have a pretty good grasp on this stuff, and I still have an easier time pulling it from the air. Which is the first technique. You know, when you're doing deep breathing exercises, you pull in the energy. Focus on that feeling of pulling in the energy. And you can feel it like pull in and kind of tingle inside you and just, just recharge your muscles and your mind. Recharges your essence and yourself. You know, when you breathe out, breathe out the negative energy. Breathe out the stale energy that's become stagnant. Okay? Doing any kind of energy work, you can focus on a kind of flow. You can focus on that flow and then move that flow without using as much of your energy. And what you do is move that flow of energy and kind of swirl it around inside a drink or food and kind of re-empower that food or drink, although don't make it hard liquor. And then once you've got it re-empowered, just take a sip of it or a little bite of it and feel that energy go to all the cells in your body. This is another method of re-energization and revitalization. You can also draw energy from main power sources like the moon or the earth the sun or the stars or the ambient energy around you or pulling off the energy that's coming off of the uh the excess energy that emanates from the electric lines you can pull energy from just about any point that you can imagine and you will pull some of it because there's an ambient low level energy that's existing below the energies that we can detect it is one of those things that is hard to explain one of those things that's hard to quantify and yet there's a degree of uh, evidence even in quantum physics that suggests that there is that energy below the energy that makes up the energy and therefore it would radiate off of any existing energy and the last technique within this is you kind of take and focus energy into a ball and this is another flow technique because when you're doing this you want to be pulling on the flows so you're not just reusing your own reserves but once you've got it in, into this ball you just picture this ball going up and then entering through the top of your skull, that's where your crown chakra is, and making its way back through your body all the way down to the tips of your toes. And this is the kind of re-empowerment that is much better for those that are picture-based, focus-based meditators. But it's still functional because what it's doing is it's taking energy through a flow and moving it through you instead of just using the energy straight from yourself. You'll use up a little bit, you'll get more back. And that's really the main thing. Uh, reasoning behind that. Now lastly, the last thing to cover on this is yes, you can make talismans for recharging. And within this, you're going to have to give up a little bit to get a little bit more. And the best method is just to get a basic quartz crystal on a chain that you can hang around your neck. And you want to really focus on the thought of pulling into this quartz crystal. Okay? And then when you are not in need of energy, I mean, after you've attuned it, focus on the thought of pulling in and take some time and meditate. Look at this crystal in your mind's eye with your eyes closed and breathe in and focus this energy that goes into it and then see that solidifying into this structure and then see the energy around it pulling in. And what you want to do then is you want to take that quartz crystal off and set it somewhere else and let it pull in. And when you need energy, you put it around your neck and you focus on pulling the energy out of that quartz crystal. 
And this is, to a degree, like the vampirism techniques, but at the same time, it's using a raw, natural, untainted, um, freely given and freely taken energy versus the uh, methods where people drain others and therefore the natural defenses come in. So, I guess the final word on this, you're using up energy when you practice mysticism, you're taxing the energy pathways, and magic, mysticism, spiritual energy, psychic power is nothing more than another muscle. It is just a muscle. And any muscle can be sprained or injured if overused, and every muscle needs time to rest to grow stronger. So give give that muscle that is your mystical ability a little rest now and then. Give it some time to repair and recharge. This has been Charles McBride for another Labyrinth segment. This episode brought to you by the Rose Quartz Labyrinth. Talismans, spell work, tunements, you name it, we've got it. When it comes to practicing magic for your benefit, we are a leader of the pack. We highly recommend our divination services and our consultation services as these two tend to allow us to help people in a very definitive way with their path spiritually and magically, which is of course what the Labyrinth was founded for and what we continue to do to this very day.